Today, I'm going to talk about being American. Now, I do not mean being an American. I mean being American. Am I splitting hairs? <laughs> Am I really saying the same thing? No, absolutely not. And the difference is, or can be, huge. Now, let me ask you this. Do you know anyone who is un-American? Is there such a word? Absolutely. In fact, there was once a House committee called the House Committee on Un-American Activities. Have you ever heard of anyone else being an, well, un-Englishman or an un-Frenchman? No, never. So just what does the word American mean? And how can someone become un-American? To get the answer, we need to go back to the days of early America and find out what was the real makeup of Americanism. What did the people of that time think an American was? You will find the answer when you discover the reason why millions of people from all over the world risked life and limb to come here. They gave up everything just to get here. And when they came, it was with a huge determination to learn our ways, to learn our language, and to do everything necessary to become Americans. They knew what an American was, and their whole focus in life was to become one. To be an American was to have a very special attitude. When the world began to call us Yankees, it was because of this attitude. What was the attitude? Was it arrogance? Some folks thought so. But no, it was not arrogance, because millions more people bore testimony that Americans were their saviors, their liberators. We showed them love, and, and, and we were humble enough to be willing to even die for them if necessary. And a lot of Americans did just that. No, it was not an attitude of arrogance. Another word for this attitude was Georgic. That's G-E-O-R-G-I-C, Georgic. Our modern dictionaries completely miss the meaning this word had for our colonials and early Americans. They go, or the modern dictionary goes to the roots of the word, which comes from the Greek and Roman days, and it had to do with working the land. They consider it an agricultural term, <laughs> referring to someone who was a farmer. Well, yeah, kind of. Uh, to a colonial, you were Georgic if you owned your own farm or business. In other words, Americans were owners. This was what so powerfully attracted immigrants from everywhere. They discovered that in America, you could become an owner. And over 90% of our citizens were indeed owners. Later, after the Revolution, Thomas Jefferson and Alexander Hamilton had lots of debates about what our new country should be, what it should look like, Hamilton wanted our nation to be peopled by workers. These workers could work for the government or huge companies. In this way, the government could guide the direction of our country and everyone would benefit. These people were called dependents in the debates because they would be dependent upon the government or the companies they worked for. Jefferson did not like that model. He favored a country where every man could own his own business on farm or or company, uh, just like we were already doing. He controlled his own destiny that way. Well, Hamilton did not think that worked because we, the people, were just not smart enough. Well, I thank heaven that Jefferson won that debate. Actually, the, <laughs> the colonies had already been Americanized from the very first in that we were already over 90% owners. And owners just think differently than non-owners. The workers in Hamilton's version of America were called dependents because they were dependent upon the government or the company that they worked for. 
The people in Jefferson's version were called independents. Now that's spelled with an N-T-S on the end rather than independence with a C-E on the end. This was because they were independent and were not dependent upon anyone or anything. Not only were they free men in America, but they were Georgic. They were Yankees. They were independents. They were owners. And yes, they had an owner's mentality. And yes, they had an attitude. Now, that's only part of being a true American. Another very important part is our education. First of all, Americans were literate. As I pointed out in another program, the colonists were actually more literate than we are today, especially when you define literacy as being not just able to read signs and, and write a little, but rather they were reading entire books and analyzing and arguing about them constantly. And they were the best books to be found in the world. Not only were they literate, but they were then educated with a LIBER education. Okay, what is a LIBER education? I'll spare you having to look it up. All the dictionary will tell you is that it has to do with the inner bark of a tree or papyrus of what the ancient Greeks wrote on. It's also the root word from which we get liberty or uh, library. In ancient Greece, you were either a slave or you were LIBER. Then, LIBER meant that you could read, write, and enter into contracts. In colonial times, it was expanded to mean the third type of education designed to give you freedom or liberty. Liberty. The first type was the slave or employee type of education, where you were taught to get a job or work toward retirement. Your goal was a good retirement. This comprises the bulk of education in America today. And we do a pretty good job of it. The second type of education is for the professional. This is to be educated to become a doctor, lawyer, roofer, plumber, etc. This type of education is also done in America, but not nearly so much. The goal, once again, was to obtain a good retirement. The third type of education is the liber, or ownership, or liberty education, the understanding of which is dependent upon another word, and that's been lost to us for over 50 years or so as well. That word is providence, like Providence, Rhode Island. The word was used all the time by early Americans, and the world came to know that true Americans believed in providence and guided their lives by it. To them, providence meant that there was a higher power that guided their lives. They were put on earth to fulfill a mission or goal, that they spend their lives discovering that mission and then spend the rest of their lives fulfilling it. So, a liber education was indeed a very good liberal arts education, but far more than that. It was a belief that there was a higher power and they were subject to it. They became committed to fulfilling their mission in life, and that mission usually included another term that has been lost to us. That term is public virtue. What is public virtue? <laughs> Boy, this is becoming quite a lesson, isn't it? Well, hang on, I'm almost done. Public virtue means that if a man is truly good and virtuous, then he will sacrifice for the public good. So let me recap. In order to be a true American, you had the attitude of an owner. You had a liber education, which not only taught you how to be an owner or independent, spelled with an N-T at the end, but also taught you providence in your life. Then, when you had discovered your mission in life and were a successful independent, you were always found in public virtue, trying to build or help your city, state, or country. That is how to be an American. That is why America is indeed exceptional. That's why we're called Yankees. Yankees loved and feared. Loved and feared all over the world. That's why we became and still are the greatest nation the world has ever known. Folks, until next time, please remember you are learning the truth. Tell your friends. Speak with boldness. 
and keep your powder dry.